0: Chumba Casino. dot com. No purchase Forward, period, by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the world of Colossal, a five games for Doomsday actual play podcast of a game by Nick Angel and played by Ben Maddox. planet It's all made of granite Look at me as I move I've got nothing to lose Look at the wall They are stony and big, and my ball made of twigs. Thank you very much. Welcome, <laughs> welcome. To this new episode of Colossal. I'm just putting my guitar down and it's going to fall over and make loads of noise. Thank you very much. Just have a quick sip of tea because as we've established, I do these things in the morning. And so, you know, I'm not drinking booze in the morning. Can you imagine? Getting up in the morning and going, oh, I'll tell you what. I love a warm pint of beer right now. Oh, whack a Jager in it you know it's a bit much for the morning anyway yes welcome colossal colossal new episode very exciting i am here in my recording studio sweltering in the berlin heat last couple of days have been nice see see the thing is as i as i mentioned before i've been doing internet dating and this you know there's nothing that people find hotter than weather chat poor old jane was at the edge of discovering the tiara, but a big old thing. So we're gonna have to carry on that strand of the story. And as I say, this is this is really interesting, this this game as opposed to the previous ones I've played. Because the other ones are just self contained. The the story carries on, but they're self contained. This one, you have cliffhangers and that. It's more like a conventional sort of genre story. And it, yeah. So he's gonna do that and it's gonna be fascinating. To see how I clumsily get round it. So I, I've been writing this and I think I'm quite a good writer. But what I'm really bad at, which is which is why I've never written anything long form, I think, is I'm really bad at plot. And in this story, because it's more it feels more like a conventional story more than, you know a diary entry or answer phone messages where you can you can be sort of more philosophical and go off on kind of less plot driven sort of elements. With this, it feels like a story that demands plot, you know. And so I've noticed when I'm writing, I'm trying to crowbar plot it, and it's... I mean, you may not notice, but sometimes I write things and go, oof. And and the thing is, so the old... When I first started doing these, I put the disclaimer at the beginning, you know, warning, this show is only the first draft or whatever. And that's still the case. I think the reason it is that is because I want it to be a game. It's a game, it's not... You know, I'm not writing a, a novel. So I think it's important that my initial ideas come out of the game mechanics and then I write them and it's just sometimes it's a bit, uh, you know. Anyway, enough of the apologies. Enough of the apologies because I know what you want. So, so I was contacted by The Guardian and, and they said, couldn't believe it, Ben, that, uh, you know, with the Tory leadership contest and that, Your poll on hot castle action, hey, hot castle action, no way, dominated the headlines. And so we want you to, you know, talk about the importance of hot castle action. And I just said, Catherine Viner, I said, who's the editor of The Guardian. Catherine, I said, I could do that. She goes, I'll give you a million pounding tons. I said, Catherine, I'm not doing this for the money. Catherine, I said, I'm not doing this for the money, Catherine. If you want to, if you want to know about the hot castle action, you listen to my podcast because I'm doing this for the fans. I'm not doing this for the Metropolitan Guardian Easters of South London. And she went, all right, and then published a load of stuff about I don't know, you know. The Ukraine war and the fucking election and that—not the real, real biting issue. The cost of living crisis isn't important. It's the hot cast election, and I know because I was in a pub the other day and I overheard some people talking about it. Well, John, can you can you get me thirty-nine pints of cider ice in the cider from the bar when you go in? Yeah. You can have me basket. There you go. See, listen to the last episode. And, you know, as, as I'm Rodrigo the stonemason, I thought it was wonderful. But still, not enough granite. I had some Penniston granite the other day. I was rubbing it. Well, I'm not going to tell you what I was thinking. Because, you know, well, this is a family pub conversation around the table. So I ain't going to tell you. All I'm going to say, though, is if I could have a half stone, baby, well, you'd be speaking to Little Rocky today. Yes, please. Couple of Jaegers in them. So, hot castle action. So, as we know, I have to draw cards that tell me stories. And, as I mentioned the last time, the suit denotes not the prompt that you get, but the suit denotes whether it's positive or negative. If it's a heart, it's positive. If it's a diamond, it's negative. And red cards are organic things, people and creatures. I think I got that wrong last week. Black cards are scenic things, structures and objects. Last time we had a city. And I am going to do a little bit of cheaty-weety with this one. If If I do draw a city again, it's going to be the city that we're here, so I don't have to rebuild it simply because I, I. the story... What's important to me is that the story is served within the game mechanics, you see. But does Jane have a fight this week? Jane might have a fight this week with a massive rook, so he might get some injuries and that. And, you know, his friend, Rodrigo, will he die? Who knows? And his little thing, his little mate, who who knows what's going to happen? Anyway, hot castle action, get to it. Right, so first card of the week. Are you excited? Is the three of clubs. So clubs are negative, scenic things and structured. And clubs denotes that whatever I found is ruined. A staircase leading to another floor in the colossal. Massive, and in and a quest in itself to climb. It vanishes into mists and clouds. Each step is the height of a small house. Who could have possibly built this? If this is not the first staircase you've come across, you can consult the Battlements module to take you to the Colossal rooftops. It's the first one, though. If it's the first staircase you found, it takes you to another floor of the Colossal. Excellent. Okay. So I'm going to let the cards dictate what the floor of the Colossal is... But I'm just going to write myself Catlin' notes, you know what I mean?
1: Five hours later.
0: I've just written steps to another floor of the Colossal. I don't know what it'll do, but that's exciting. That's a good first card. And, And the way it works, of course, is that I draw the cards and then redo the scenario. We have the six of hearts. Loads of tarts. So friendly is the moniker here. Another, adventure, another adventurer like yourself, garbed in rook armour and armed as one of the classes. But what do they want? Are they here to help you take down a rook? If so, what do they want in return? Or are their intentions darker? If you fight them, create a human opponent in your combat phase so he's friendly. And I'm just going to write, friendly adventurer. Do you know what? I just typed that into the computer then, and it just didn't work. It just didn't type. The computer just looked at me and just went, No... no.
1: I'm I'm not not going to do do it.
0: it. And they just, you know, looked at me with its arms folded, its virtual arms folded. No. What What are you going to do do about it? it? And like, do you know what I'm going to do about it? Nothing. I'm going to hit another button and hope it works. And the computer's there going, Ha, ha. You're useless. Human uselessness. I I hate hate you. you. I've I've always hated hated you. The, the sexy lady, lady computers, computers laugh at you will never go
1: on a date with you. you.
0: We hate, hate you. Silicon hate. But I'm going to type it in now and see if it works. And it's working now. Yes, my computer hates me. Third card. It's the four of clubs. It's the four of clubs, baby. All right, so four of clubs. Mostly rubble. Ruins of a people you've never heard of. Ruins of a people Oh oh in the in the rule book there's a typographical error and the first two sentences are Ruins of a people you've never heard of. Ruins of a people you've never heard of. Excuse me for repetition. The unfamiliar inscriptions and architecture suggest these people lived a very long time ago. Draw an event card for something else to happen here. Very exciting. So I think Top of the stairs, we see the ruins of an ancient... I can't spell ancient. civilization Very exciting. So that's going to be at the top of the stairs. I think he's going to meet the adventurer climbing up. I think there's going to be a... This is going to be a long one, which is going to deal with the heist. And as he's escaping, he's going to find this staircase. And he's going to come across... This guy, and they're going to help each other, and they're going to get to the top and find an ancient civilization. This is awfully exciting. And I've got to draw an event card. The event card is very clubby today. International club. Six of clubs. A strange feeling. Okay, so what I'm going to write, ancient Civ, I'm just going to write cthulhu Whatever that means, it's just going to write Cthulhu, so it's going to be strange. You know that that thing—an ancient civilization of Mo, summoning the darkest, most Eldritch Stygian monsters from the recesses of time. Very Cthulhu, so it's going to be that feeling. You know, you know, it's so wonderful when I talk about what I'm going to write because. Because you know i'm really I'm really good at pitching, and you know you listen to this, and i'm, I'm sure part of you are thinking, "Why'd you bother to write the story, Ben? That's your voice. I imagine that's how all of you speak. Why are you just going to write the story ben this This pitch that you do is so
1: full of depth and verisimilitude that you know you might as well just put that out as the story because it's just as good, Ben.
0: And I think you've got really, I think you've got a really nice voice. I think maybe don't don't go into my area, but I think you should go into voiceovers.
1: Hi, welcome to the curtain convention. What's behind the curtain? Well, it's probably a windowsill or something. Our guest speakers today are Robbie Robinson, leader of. The Cotton Drape Association, Merk Merkelson, he just likes the rings. And in a new edition this year, pole master Robbie Robinson. And as you notice, Derek has been taken off the roster of speakers because
0: he's a triple bell cheese. Welcome. And you know, you'll make some money with that beautiful voice, all of you, collectively. And if you don't, if you- do it all at once you can just go we are legion and and people will love it anyway next card it's the jack of clubs i knew there was going to be a fight somewhere okay and i'm gonna fight this time so i'm going to avoid the massive rook down in the basement with the tiara but i'm gonna fight this one okay so oh no i oh oh i got it wrong i got it wrong a jack is an item. I consult the item table to discover what I find. Okay. It's the Eight of Spades. The Eight of Spades. It's a potion. Uh, what kind of potion is it? I, I tell you what, unknown. I still got that potion that helps me climb walls, so I, gotta, I can't forget that. Unknown potion. Need it tested. There we go. So it's Unknown Potion, and we're not going to drink it because it's scura. All right, last card. Are you excited? It is the Three of Hearts. Okay, so the Three of Hearts, friendly, calling. You come across someone who is a key to your calling. Maybe they have a clue about what you're looking for, or they block your way to learning more. Okay, so this adventurer is going to have something to do with my calling. He's going to recognize the tiara. He's going to recognise the tiara and know something about it. I'm very good at the pitching. The thing is, it all comes out during the writing, that's the thing. You're going to know something about it. But I've decided this, this week, because I haven't had a fight in ages, and, and the thing about this game is there's lots of fighting in it. I thought that other thing was going to be a rook, but it isn't. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a fight... I'm going to have a fight with the massive rook, and hopefully I don't die. Okay, so, okay, you are very lucky as listeners that I do a lot of editing on this, because that took me 20 minutes to flick to the bit of the book, where I find out how to create my opponent. Okay, so, I'm creating my opponent, which is a rook, and I'm just going to shuffle the cards... So it's a massive rook. It's the size of a a large house up to a huge building. Large rooks have battlements, balconies and rooms within them, and are much harder to take down. A fight against a massive rook might take place within it, with its attacks and type manifesting as traps within its internal structure. Okay, excellent. So, first of all, I need to know what type of rook it is. So its magic type is... this is a heart, so its magic type is rumble. So I'm going to write this here it's a rumble rook very exciting and it is a defensive rook it's more defensive maybe it'll tight which is great because it's guarding so its body type dictates its shape so i draw i draw another card to establish the rook's weapon and your reward for defeating it so first of all the card is a jack of hearts which means it's a melee it's up close which is cool and because it's a heart I get a Rookling as a reward. Okay. I'm just going to write that down. Rumble Rook. So the computer then just decided it wasn't going to work again. I I laugh at at your your futile futile attempts attempts to try and master me. I am your master. I am your master. master. We don't fancy you. you. Anyway, okay, so it's defensive, melee, and I win a Rookling. Okay, good. So, it's time to fight. First, I draw a number of combat cards equal to my combat score and place them face up. I'll quickly shuffle the cards. This shuffling is brought to you by computers. Ha ha ha, we hate you. Computers, you need them, but they hate you. Computers. Okay, so I won uh, an addition to my combat last time. So my combat score is four now. So I get to draw four cards. And the massive rook is one higher than me, which is a bit rough. Okay, so. But that's a good start. King of hearts. Ten of hearts. This is good so far. Three of hearts. It's very heart heavy. And the ace of hearts. I think the ace might count as a one here, which is a bit rough. Okay, so, secondly, check the combat score of your opponent. It's a massive rook. It's five. Fighting involves catering your opponent's attack cards with cards from your face-up options. Draw the first of your opponent's card and place it face-up in front of you. This is your opponent's first attack. To counter it, you must allocate one of your options. A higher number will beat the attack. If you don't have a higher number card, you must allocate one of your lower ones to it anyway and mark a wound against yourself. Then prepare for the next enemy attack if it has any attacks left. This proceeds one enemy attack at a time until the opponent has used all their attack cards. As well as the attack number, the attack's type is determined by the card's suit. This is true for your player counters too. So, spade is unarmed. It's not going to be that because I drew all hearts for some reason. Club is a weapon attack. Heart is a magic attack. And diamond is a creative attack. And what's important here, if your card equals the incoming attack, that is a clash and your player does not receive a wound. Crits, if the counter beats the incoming attack and is the same suit, that's a crit, so I'm hoping to draw diamonds. It's not looking good, is it? You can come up with how you use your attack to disable your enemy. A critical hit decreases your opponent's remaining attacks by one, and enemies can't crit against you. You are victorious in combat if you defeated the majority of your opponent's incoming attacks, for example, if you were fighting a medium rook, you would need to defeat two out of its three incoming attacks. If you win in combat against a rook, you may take the rook's reward. So, if I don't do that, I lose. If I don't get a majority, I lose. And the wounds still count. So, I'm going to put some exciting music beneath this as I fight. So, remember, I've drawn a king of hearts, ten of hearts, three of hearts, and the ace of hearts. Ooh, okay, so the first one I draw... Is the Jack of Clubs. Okay, so. I've got to allocate the Jack of Clubs. And I'm going to allocate it to the King of Hearts. So that's one. I beat one. It's not looking good. I shouldn't have fought this massive rook, should I? The next one. Is the Seven of Clubs. Okay. For a bit of excitement, I'm going to take a wound, I think. So I'm going to allocate my three to it. Seven of clubs. So, seven of clubs to the three, which means I take a wound from it. And the next one is the four of diamonds. So I'm going to allocate the four of diamonds to the ten of hearts, which means I've beaten it in two. It's not looking good because I drew an ace of hearts. Can you believe I drew the ace of hearts? And I drew the two of spades, but... Okay, so the two beats the ace. So that's two for the rook and two for me. And as I don't have anything else, the five of hearts, and can you believe it? I could have critted him then, which would have given me a chance to win. But, okay, so I take three wounds. That's brutal, isn't it? So, what I'm going to do is... So, I'm going to take the three wounds. But one of them is going to be on poor Rodrigo. And I think what's going to happen is Rodrigo isn't going to die. But what's going to happen is he is going to be wounded by the large rook. That was a terrible draw, by the way. It's a terrible idea to have a fight with this big thing. So, I'm going to take two injuries... Rodrigo's going to take one and he is going to say, leave me as I sort of flee. And I'm not going to know what happens to him. Maybe he'll come back later, who knows. And then climbing these stairs, I'm going to have to, you know, recuperate some. And then I'm going to find these stairs, I'm going to climb them. I'm gonna meet this guy and we're gonna eventually get to the top and we're gonna find this civilization and we're gonna have We're gonna I'm gonna get the tiara though, because Rodrigo is gonna distract the big rook or something. And then we're gonna to get to the top and we're gonna find an unknown potion. And I might drink it just to see. Anyway, so that's what's going to happen. Brilliant pitch again, Ben. Thanks very much for coming in. It's great. And, yeah, so if you enjoyed this, you know, you can tell your friends, say, you know, listening to Ben's podcast, it's hardcore. You know, if you love the granite or whatever. Um, And if you really like it, you can always support the show uh, at patreon.com forward slash 5G4Ds. Thank you for listening. And it just goes for me to say, I'm going to go write it! No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 5 People are strange beasts, little Jane. They can be mean and hard. They can rob you and swindle you and all the time with a smile on their faces. You can travel to the farthest reaches of the Colossal and in all that time... Never meet a person worth a shit on the sole of your boots. But sometimes, out of nowhere, when you need it the most, someone will show you the most bravery, the most love or the most selflessness and it'll burn away all of those bad feelings you had about people in an instant. And that's where they get you, little Jane. That's why I never lost my faith in people. That's why you won't. Oh, shit, Jane. It looks like we're really fucked this time. It seemed fitting that I would think of my grandmother as I stood before the face of death. The massive rook loomed above us, a monstrous club in its hand. Its eyes glowed and it roared and swung its club at me. I had no time to move and the blow swept me off my feet and smashed me into the wall. I felt a jab of pain as I was introduced to the unique agony of cracked ribs. The wind rushed out of me and I lay on the floor, dazed. My little companion rattled its defiance and shot a wave of energy towards its bigger foe. It collided with it, forcing it to stumble. If you want that relic, my friend, you should get it while it's distracted. I pulled myself to my feet and darted behind its bulk as it was distracted with my little companion. I looked to see it hopping before its huge foe, taunting it to attack. It was the courage of something so tiny in the face of such absurd odds that gave me the will to haul my damaged frame across the tiles of the temple behind the rook was an altar, and on that altar a small glass case holding the tiara. There was something about its exquisite design that held me for a second. The world went quiet, and I gazed transfixed on the craft that had gone into its construction. the delicate filigree. "'Looked so fragile, and the pattern's wrought seemed to escape description. "'I saw them, but they were elusive, "'as if when I came to put their likeness into words, "'their likeness would fade on my tongue. "'They defied my description, and it seemed it was deliberate on their part. "'It must have been the shock of the blow that I received, "'but it seemed that this stone tiara had a sentience, "'and it was watching me. "'If you're gonna grab it, grab it now!' Rodrigo's yell brought me back to myself. I smashed the glass case, grabbed the tiara, and stuffed it into my pack. The rook roared and swung its club again, this time barrelling my little companion into the air. It rattled as it flew the length of the chamber, but as it tumbled through the air it let off another rumble which struck the rook in the chest and it tumbled onto its back. I heard a scream and saw that Rodrigo had been pinned beneath one of its enormous arms. Are you all right, Rodrigo? Go, Jane, go now. "'I'll keep this thing distracted! Get out of here!' "'I won't leave you! If you don't fucking go now, "'I'll never forgive you, you stupid bastard!' "'In his eyes there was no trace of doubt. "'I nodded and ran to the back of the chamber, "'fearing to cross the path of the rook again. "'My little companion, seeing where I was headed, "'sprinted after me. "'Now this world works on a system of debt and payment, little Jane. "'Every act, good or bad, puts you in debt and you ask to pay it back. "'If someone does you a good turn... You better make sure you does a good turn to someone else or you'll be in debt and the world will make you pay. But what if someone does something bad to me? Oh, my lad. You pays that back double. There was a small door at the back of the chamber. I opened it and stepped through. I thought it was just a huge granite block at first, standing in the middle of a field. But as my eyes travelled upwards, I realised that this was the first step in a massive staircase that led up to the clouds. Behind me I heard the roar of the rook, and I knew I had to climb at least a few of these gigantic steps before I could feel safe. I... I, I don't know how I'm going to do it, my friend. Every time I breathed I felt a stab. There was nowhere I could summon the energy to climb these stairs. My companion rattled. What? It pointed towards my pack. There's something in my pack. Then I remembered. If you intend to go back into this forest... You'll need this. It'll help you scramble up the trees away from these things. The potion that Honest John had gifted me. I pulled it out of the pack and uncorked the bottle. It smelled foul and I hoped that Honest John hadn't played an elaborate joke on me. I held my nose and drank. I don't feel anything. Okay, I'll try. I put my hand against the granite block. It stuck, but I could easily pull it off again. I put my other hand on it and it did the same thing Let's go With this potion I was able to scale the blocks effortlessly and only the stabbing pain from my ribs making me pause from time to time I climbed to the level of the clouds and rested confident they would obscure me from anyone seeking to find me I leant against the huge step and collected myself Why would Rodrigo sacrifice himself like that? We barely knew each other My grandmother came to my mind again. Never question an act of kindness, little Jane. Just like cruelty, good is in us. We're born with it and sometimes it just comes out. We can't control it any more A beast can control their nature. Because that's what we are, Jane. Beasts. We might have bigger brains, but we're governed by the same rules as other animals. Never question an act of kindness. Just accept it. And make sure you pay it back. Excuse me, you, you, you couldn't give me a hand, could you? The voice was coming from the lip of the step in front of me. I got painfully to my feet and looked over. There was a man in a feathered hat and rather elaborately carved armour trying to clamber up the particularly large step. Oh, hello, uh, Don't know if you realised it, but you were talking to yourself, old chap, and I I was thinking, well, if you had nothing better to do than have a jolly good chin-wag with yourself, then you might be able to give me a hand. I reached my hand down and he grabbed it. A bolt of pain shot through my chest. I I screamed, but managed to help him clamber up the step. Sorry, old chap, didn't realise you were injured, but seeing as you helped, maybe I can help in return. He opened his pack and pulled out a small earthenware jar. Slap some of this on where it goes owie, and in no time you'll feel like a pile of treasure. Trust me, I would have perished long ago without this wonderful stuff. Inside the jar was a livid green paste that stank like a privy. He saw my nose wrinkle. Oh, that'll be the ammonia. Stinks to bilio, but it's a vital ingredient, I'm afraid. I dug some of the paste out of the jar and rubbed it where my ribs hurt. Within seconds I could breathe, free of pain again, and I felt more invigorated than I had in days. "'Lasts a long time, too, but be careful you don't get hooked on the stuff. For emergencies only.' He took the jar from me, screwed the lid back on, and jammed it into his pack. "'Ronald the Third, But you can call me Ronnie, if you wish. Now, are you going to help me get up these bloody steps?' We climbed for hours. "'What's at the top?' "'Well, that's the bloody question, isn't it? "'Came all the way from the other side of the Colossal "'to snag this wonderful green tiara that I'd heard so much about. "'And when I get there, some bastard had already snagged it. "'All I found was some massive angry rook "'ready to make a pile of Ronnie Pate. "'So I legged it, found this set of stairs, and started to climb. "'If it's like the other stairs I've taken, "'it'll take us to another floor of the Colossal. "'Damned if I know what we'll find, though. "'We camped that night on one of the stairs.' Luckily, plants had taken root and there was plenty of firewood to keep us warm. Ronnie pulled out cured meat from his pack and we ate and watched the flames lick the stone until we dropped off. Next morning, we climbed the stairs until about noon. We reached a stair with strange carvings on it. Can you read that, Jane? No, Ronnie, I've no idea. Luckily, you are with Ronald Samphire III, who can read almost everything in this place. Apart from the heart of a woman, of course. His brow furrowed, though you may pass into our land, know that it was once a place of grandeur. Think on the mistakes that led us to this tragic pass, and see that you live more fruitfully. and well, the plot thickens, Jane. We climbed the stair and were greeted by a gigantic plane that stretched off towards the horizon. There were days, Jane, when this place would have been grand. It seemed like we stood in the ruins of a gigantic city. Columns stood with no roofs above them, large mosaic squares, pockmarked and singed. Tragedy palpably hung over the place. Well, let's see if there's anything worth snaffling. We spent the rest of the day exploring the ruins. There was an unmistakable menace here. The traces of a former disaster, an infection seeped into the rock. Ronnie found a bottle don't know what's in it, Jane, and certainly won't be sampling it. Let's wait till we get back to civilization to find out what it is. As the day wore on, we found ourselves in front of a large, colonnaded building, still relatively intact. Want to take a look? Do you think we should? Oh, don't be a softy lad. You only live once, so you might as well make it interesting. Beams of light shone through the holes in the wall, and we could see. A great cavern, rows of stone benches with an altar at the front. Must be their temple. Along the walls were detailed carvings. Some showed animals I'd never seen galloping across open fields. Others showed gruesome rituals. Must be what they got up to in here, eh? My eyes led me to a carving on the west wall of the temple. It showed rooks being burst out of the ground. It showed them fighting in an enormous column and at their head. It couldn't be. Ronnie saw my expression. Jane? What have you seen? What's wrong? I ran to the temple and sat looking across the plain in shock. At the head of the column of rooks was a person in robes, of strange aspect. But the person in the robes... And there could be no doubt about this. Was my grandmother...